Uh, hey everybody, welcome to the podcast Anush and Friends. Um, it's been a while, but we're back here. I'm in America right now and I'm doing a lot of podcasts with different American comedians, actors and people in the comedy business and the people that I hopefully think that you find an interest in to learn about. Uh, today I have a special guest. I know I say this every time, <laughs> but this one is, uh, this person is very special. Um, I believe so at least and that's why I have her on my podcast um, it's a rising star or a ready star <laughs> I'm a rising unicorn <laughs> she's a rising unicorn uh, Tiffany Haddish welcome thank you thank you for having me Yay! <laughs> as you can hear your voice is a little bit messed up ah oh, that's all right you know it's on my it's on my sexy rough tone this is my, this is my Beyonce <laughs> It's my Beyonce voice. It sounds more like Tracy Morgan, though. <laughs> That'll my, work, too. Whatever's going to get me paid, huh? My name is Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> about to get pregnant. Yeah, somebody's going to get pregnant in here tonight. What's <laughs> that? You know him. Yeah, I know Tracy Morgan, yeah. You even look like him when you do the face when you talk like him. Because <laughs> that's because Tracy Morgan, my, my alter ego. My alter ego. My alter ego is Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you sound like you're good. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm really excited and happy about life. Great. Yeah. Uh, I am personally very happy that I saw you at uh, the Laugh Factory the other day. It was at the All Star on Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it was, uh, was it Wednesday? Was it Thursday? Thursday. Might have been Thursday. Yeah, Might have been the... Thursday. Yeah, that was Thursday night. Laugh Factory All Star comedy show. Went up there and killed it. Yeah. I represented. <sighs> And for Tiff- all the ladies. And Tiffany Haddish was headlining. That part headlining. <laughs> closing out the show. Yeah, and you did close it out. It was quite a good show. I was like, when is she going to end? But it just got better and better. And I'm not saying it's because you're here. I'm saying it because I'm, I'm too honest. If it wasn't, I would tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was just going better and better. And you had a sick flow. And I want to talk about your flow, your, your persona on stage. And a lot of other stuff. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's then. talk about it. Uh, first, let's begin. What's your bra size? My bra size? <laughs> I'm a 32A minus, but I like to buy 32B and pad that up with padding. That's my favorite thing to do. So if anybody wants to buy me a bra, you can uh, go to Victoria's Secret. I love the bombshell bras. If you give me Victoria's Secret bombshell bra, 32B, so I could pad that up. Because really, I'm an A cup. A minus, actually. <laughs> but if we can get that B cup and then I can pad it up, that would make me happy. My birthday is December the 3rd, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> Great. And what year are you born? Because you didn't want to tell me that last time. I was like, how old are you? You're like, eh. I was born in the year of the unicorn. Um, Google that. Uh, <laughs> we in Hollywood, baby. You never could tell your real age. But this is what I can tell you. Uh, this year... It, on December the 3rd, I will be 21 for the 14th time. You do the math. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, I'm not good with math. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to kill the He's time. He's obviously not Asian. Yeah. I, I am Persian. I should be good at math. <laughs> you but should I, be. It's, uh, I'm, a, I'm a failure in being Persian. That's why I'm a comedian. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, now that we mentioned my background and your titty size... <laughs> Tell us a little bit, for the person that don't know you, for the person that do not know who Tiffany Haddish is, what's your, like, give us an intro and, like, a, like your personal background, how you grew up and your family and everything. Okay, well, I was born Tiffany Haddish in Los Angeles, California, back in December of whatever year that was, unicorn the year of the year. unicorn, <laughs> the year of the unicorn, and um, 
I grew up to a, um, I had a mom and a dad, and then my dad got uh, in trouble with the law, and he kind of disappeared for a little while because he was selling green cards illegally. I was, I was going to say, because he was black. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he's Ethiopian, and he was a hustler, and uh, he was hustling the government. He was really selling green cards. He was selling Holy green shit. cards. He was hustling wow. people and selling green cards illegally. So he took off, and then, um, so then I was just left to my mom, who married my stepdad, who uh, had some issues with my mom, and then my mom had a car accident where her head went through a windshield, and then I had, uh, I have two sisters and two brothers that I ended up having to take care of when I was like nine years old. And they were how old? And they were five, four, three, and one. I think, and so um, so you became a, a mom. Kind of, yeah. When we were a nine, a mom instantaneously. I'll never forget when we went to the hospital to see my mom. <clears throat> the doctor was like, "Look, um, she's not going to be the same. She'll never be the same. She'll never be the mom that she she was before this. So just be ready to be helpful and be there for her." And so that's what I did. I was helpful and I was there for her. And as um, time went on, she had to learn how to walk, talk, oh, eat, shit. everything all over again. And once she got to where she was like functioning, um, but she still mentally wasn't functioning. And uh, she became very abusive and very frustrated because oh. when she couldn't figure out how to tell you something, she well, then I'm going to show you with this fist. Oh. And um, so... I could take a punch now. I mean, <laughs> I could take the best punches. I could take some good ones too, because you know, crazy people are strong. Yeah. You know? And so she was diagnosed uh, schizophrenic, uh, paranoid wow. schizophrenic when I was like 12. Because of the car accident. Because of the wow. car accident. Yeah, because of that accident. And so, because um, of that head injury, her head yeah. went through the windshield. So from that, I. Um, yeah, we ended up in foster care because I was getting beat up all the time. I didn't tell on her, though. I wasn't no tattletale. That was my little brother that told with his rat ass. <laughs> and so we ended up in foster care system, which was okay. I was kind of excited about that. Like, oh, I get to live with different people. Mm. You know, somebody's going to actually care about me and treat me well. Well, that's not necessarily how foster care is. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times people do it so they can get checks, you know, that. Your business to them, you know. This kids come um, in my house. The government gives me four or five hundred dollars a month to keep you here to make child. sure, yeah, to make sure uh, you don't die. You know, uh, that's what the one foster mom told. She's like, "Look, my only job is to make sure you don't die. <laughs> that's my job, okay? <laughs> the government paying me good money to make sure you don't die. So get in there and eat your food, and then I want you to wash the dishes, and I want you to do this and do that. <laughs> so like, I learned how to clean in that lady's house. I learned cleaning." <laughs> I was her living maid, basically. That's what I felt like. You know, I would clean her bathroom, clean her kitchen, you know, prep the food for cooking. She cooked great, though. So, and I learned how to cook and stuff from her. And um, I also learned what marijuana was. <laughs> she was black? She was black, for sure. I mean, I mean she still is, probably. But she pro If she's still alive, I don't even know if she's still alive. You don't know that? No. I don't know if she's still alive or not. But then, um, you know, and I got moved around to a couple of different places, and um, I learned a lot about different people and different races. I live with Hispanic people. I live with white people. And, um, and I feel like I learned a lot. And mm. I'm so grateful for the experience. But at the time, I was like, I fucking hate my life. Right. I hate my mama. I don't know how I'm going to fit in anything. Why did she put me through this? I don't even know why I was born. Mm. And um, I used to get in trouble in school all the time for talking too much. And, just, <laughs> and that's why I don't have no voice right now because I talk too damn much. But did you talk like... 
talk anything or was it just like did you curse a lot or what was it no it wasn't talk? like cursing or nothing it was just talking like basically um when i was when uh, we went into when we went into foster care um i had to they sent me to this school uh, mm. that was different than all the schools I've ever been in. Like, I had been used to going to school with just black kids. <laughs> and they sent me to this school. <laughs> they have like, in America? Yeah. Only black schools? Well, it's, you know. Not black on the papers, but. Not like, well, it's not like, oh, blacks only. But yeah. it's like, you know, what lives in this neighborhood is what goes to this school. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. So, yeah. in the neighborhoods that I was in, it's mostly black neighborhoods. So, so yeah. mostly black students and Hispanic students. That's all I was around. So then I go to this, they send me to this school out in the valley. I had to get up every morning at 5 a.m., catch the bus at 5.45. You ride about 40, 50 miles outside of where you live to this wow. school. And I thought, like, I was at the Nickelodeon Awards or something because there's all these white people, and I never really <laughs> see white people like that. So it was to me, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is so, what an honor. I'm on the Nickelodeon Awards. This is so cool. I need to dress better, right? I need to make these, I need to make all these people my friends. Like, look, oh, my God, those are the kids from, uh, you know, that's what's up in this show or whatever. Were and, they? Or? No. No. Just, <laughs> no. That was just your crazy Tiffany Haddish head. That's all in my head, in my in my mind, because I never really was around white people. Yeah. So, and I only saw them in TV. So I thought that all white people was from television. If I saw a police officer ride by, I'd be like, "Ooh, look! There goes the guys from Chips, which is a very popular American TV show back in the eighties." Okay. <laughs> so when um, I was going to this school. I would get in trouble for being racist, basically, because I didn't know how to fit in with these white kids. I didn't know how to make them my friends. And so um, I created imaginary friends. And I had this little bird that I talked to every day. <laughs> what was the name <laughs> of the bird? The name of the bird was Cracker. <laughs> and so I would be like in class in the middle of a test, what's the answer to number seven, Cracker? And then the teacher would be like, <laughs> oh. get out of here right now, Tiffany. Stop being racist. You go straight to the dean's office. Or I'd be talking to Cracker down the hallway. Cracker, you want a poly? Like handing, <laughs> handing actual crackers to an imaginary thing on my shoulder, <laughs> talking about it wants a poly, and I would crumble up the crackers. And it would, I'd be like, oh, you're messing up my clothes, Cracker. You're so messy. You're a messy little Cracker. And... <laughs> And so I would constantly get sent to the dean's office for being racist. For uh, I would have like outbursts sometimes, like we'd be in the middle of something, and I just start dancing because I thought like, oh, people love people that dance. So if I, I love just start that dance, right, yeah. so like if the teacher was like, oh, read for five minutes, and at that time too, I was I could not read either. And how old were you? And I was like 14, 15 wow. years old. I could not read, and so if they'd be like, read for five minutes or read this chapter and be quiet. So I would be quiet for like five or ten minutes, and then and I would just jump up and start dancing. Just start dancing for did no you, reason. Did you do the nay nay? No, I didn't do the nay nay. <laughs> that wasn't hot then. It was the running man, the cabbage patch, <laughs> RoboCop. I was killing him on the RoboCop. This is and, already the best podcast I've had so far. And so I would get sent to the dean's office. And, and my social worker was getting so tired of driving all the way to, to that school. And she was like, if you keep oh. this up, I'm going to put you in a school in, in, or in the city. You know, so I don't have to drive out here. And I was like, I'm not going to no school in the city. No matter what you do, I'm going to always go to these white schools because mm. they love me here. That's in my mind. That's you what thought. I thought. That's what you thought. <laughs> I mean, they pay attention because, I mean, the teachers would talk to me. The students, they would talk to me. You know, they might not have been the most positive conversations, still but, talk to you. but they attention. acknowledged me. Yeah, they knew right? that you were there. Right, they acknowledged me. So for me, that was big thing. So then uh, she says, look here, you got two choices this summer. 
And this was like the summer that changed my entire life. It was um, the summer right when, right before uh, I just, I had just started reading good because uh, my drama teacher figured out that I couldn't read. Mm-hmm. And she started making me come to her class every day at lunchtime in nutrition and read. And, um, and that was like, I'm so great. Thank you, Miss Grebe, wherever you are. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for making me learn how to read. If and, she uh, listens to the Swedish podcast, it, she, but I would not be surprised because she travels all around the world. I just saw a picture of her on Facebook with a giraffe in her living room. Oh, wow. so she, she was in Africa. Wow, um, and she's like, she got to be like eighty something now. Wow, she was like sixty something back <laughs> so she's then. She's alive and kicking. She's alive and traveling for sure. And yeah, and uh, eighty years old, and she has Facebook. Yeah, she got Facebook. That's cool. Yeah, she was she was a cool ass lady, man. <laughs> and uh, I'm grateful for you. Thank you, Miss Grebe. And um, so she taught me how to read it. And my social worker was like, you know, you got two choices this summer, Tiffany. You can either go to the Laugh Factory comedy camp or you can go to psychiatric therapy. Which one do you want to do? And I was like, which one got drugs? She said, oh, you're going to be on drugs if you go to therapy. Oh. And I was like, well, let me go to the comedy camp. And so now here I am, umpteen years later, <laughs> on some kind of drugs, but not those drugs. <laughs> and, and doing comedy. Theraflu drugs. <laughs> yeah, Theraflu. I'm on that Theraflu, boo. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, I guess with that introduction, there's not really a reason to ask, how did you st- why did you start comedy? And the reason... Well, the reason was because my social worker made me. But then, you know, I did it till I was 18. Mm-hmm. I was like 15 when you, I started. Oh, 15, okay. Yeah. So you, you were 15 when you started the Laugh Factories. Yeah, I was 15, about to be 16. What, what is it called, the Laugh Factories? Laugh Factory Comedy Camp. And it's always in the summers? It's always in the summers for, okay. for children, ages 8 to 20, I think. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, for at-risk youth. Uh, it might be from 8 to 18, I think it is. But... Um, it was so cool going to that because it taught me communication skills, mm-hmm. taught me confidence, taught me how to write a joke. It was the first time a man ever told me I was beautiful and I didn't think they were going to try to rape me or anything. You know, um, great mm-hmm. comedians would come through there. What comedians? And yeah, um, Dane Cook came through there, uh, Richard Pryor, which was like the most monumentous, momentous moment of my life. One of the most monuments, big monuments. Yeah. When <laughs> Richard Pryor showed up. Um, uh, the Wayans brothers, all of them oh, I came love them. through. I love them. Yeah. Um, Charles yeah. Fleischer. Do you know who Charles Fleischer is? No. You ever seen that movie, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No. You never no. saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No. It's like the greatest movie in American history. Oh, I gotta you have to see that movie. because What year is it from? It was from like 94, I think, oh. or 93. Say the name again. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Who framed like right. frame? Yeah, like who frame. framed Roger Rabbit? Roger it's basically Rabbit. about Los Angeles and them trying to build freeways, and it's like cartoons. It's the first time that cartoons is put in with live acting. Huh. And um, I'll never forget that movie because that movie is the movie that inspired me to be funny, uh, to try to make people laugh. So you saw it before the comedy camp? Yeah, I used to be trying. That's why I came up with the imaginary friends because I thought this will make them laugh. This will make people laugh. <laughs> you know, uh, I remember in that movie there was a part where the rabbit is um, like, you know, signing these papers or whatever, looking at all these papers. And a detective in the movie is like, why are all these people doing such nice things for you? And he goes, because I make them laugh, Eddie. If you make people <laughs> laugh, they'll do anything for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that stuck with me. And from that moment on, I was like, you know, as long as I make people laugh, I'll always have a friend. Somebody will always help me. That's how I got through those many years of not knowing how to read because I would make people laugh and get them to read to me. And my memory mm. would be like so on point that I would remember everything that they would say. 
anything that they read for you. Yeah, I would memorize. So next time the teacher asked you, I right. knew. All right. I knew because I would, and I would do it to my grandma, and to my aunties, and to my friends at school. I would make them laugh and be like, read this to me. I love your voice. Like, your voice is the best. Let me see, hear how you say it. The teacher said it to you? Huh? The teacher said that to you? No, I would say that to the, my friends and oh, family so to get them to uh... read to me. <laughs> right? And so once they read to me, then I would memorize what they say. All right. And then I would take that to, take that to class. School, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you would pass school. And I would pass school. I would cheat. Like, I was great at cheating. Yeah, I was a great cheater. <laughs> my mother, you know, my mother, as I told you, she's, uh, she's Persian. Mm -hmm. Both my parents are. And my mom, not to rat on her, but when she was cheating in school, she used to always, every time they had a test, she had like a short skirt. And she wrote the answers on, on her thigh. Because <laughs> she knew that the teacher would never, ever look at her thigh because that's inappropriate. Uh -huh. you know? <laughs> so she would always... She's constantly looking at her thigh. Yeah, like, yeah. The teacher's like, this girl is in love with her crotch. Oh, <laughs> like, she's that's always my looking mom, at her stuff. Tiffany. I'm just saying, your mama was a freak. She know where to put the words. Oh, my yeah. God. No, my playing. little mommy. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It's all right. I'm Hope sure she's a good woman. Yeah, she's a beautiful little woman. Yeah. Oh, hopefully, you'll come to Sweden one day and perform. You'll meet her and eat her Persian food. I would love to. Yeah. Her food will make you marry her. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm not into marrying women, but <laughs> she got some available sons we can talk about. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, are you single? <laughs> yes, I am single. Single and mingling. Single and mingling. Are you on Tinder? No, I'm not on Tinder, but Why? I'm on Plenty of Fish. A what? Plenty of Fish. Is that a like a mm -hmm. flirting website? Yeah, POF. Yeah. Is that an app for it? Yeah, it's an app. I'm going to download it as soon as we're <laughs> done with this podcast. I'm gonna... But you're going to be mad because my Plenty of Fish account, basically it's the last black unicorn is the name of it. You can look it up. But my whole account <laughs> is about how much I'm in love with Arsenio Hall and oh. how I want to date Arsenio Hall. Oh, I mean, he's handsome. Yeah. He's a gentleman. He's handsome. Yeah, he makes me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our mutual friend, the one and only Dean Edwards in the building. Yeah. Yes, son. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he always says that. Every time I call him, hey, what's up, son? Yes, son. How's it going overseas, son? <laughs> <laughs> he does that to me, too. He'd be like, what's up, shorty? Hey, shorty. Oh, it's so good to hear from you. I'm so proud of you, shorty. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's the most encouraging person in the world. Yeah. But why was that bringing him up? Um, uh, because we were talking about Plenty of Fish and how much I'm in love with Arsenio Hall. Yeah, he was on Arsenio Hall recently. Mm -hmm. And he told me something that was so... You know, he told me in person and also... Do you listen to his podcast? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't listen to it, it's called The Father Mucking Protocol. You should, if you're a comedic fan and you don't listen to it, you don't know what you're missing. That podcast is amazing. And he talks about how he... That was something that for me, because I'm still kind of new. I'm not a professional comedian in Sweden. I'm like semi-professional. I get <clears throat> I get paid for some gigs, mm -hmm. but I can't live on it. Only mm -hmm. on that. So the acting pays my bills. But... Uh, but on the podcast, even though he is Dean Edwards and all comedians know about him and he's a great comedian, he still hustles. And he talked about like, when, when was Arsenio Hall getting his first show? Like how far ago? How that long? was in 19, uh, 1987, 89. So like 20 something, yeah. six years ago, yeah. And by that time, he wanted people to come and do comedy at his show and Dean Edwards sent in his, uh, like his tape, his VHS. And... Um, he didn't. He, they, they were choosing between him and Dean Edwards, and they chose the other guy. But Dean Edwards still got like Arsenio Hall T-shirt from him that he saved for all this time. So when he appeared on his show this time, he wore that T-shirt mm -hmm. that he's been saving for like almost thirty years. 
And that for me says so much. It's so humbling to hear stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of getting into the next, the next subject and question I have for you about role models. Uh, obviously, Dean Edwards is one of my role models. And um, to speak more about you, like your role models um, as a comedian. And now this might sound cliche, just, oh, you're a woman and blah, blah, blah. But I want to know, is it does your comedic role models necessarily need to be women? No, as a female, my role models don't need to be women because, I mean, I'm in a business <clears throat> dominated by men. Yeah. But I do look up to certain women like Lucia Ball. That's one hardcore woman right there. That's a real hustler-ass woman. I love her. I love everything that she stood for. I love everything that she did she with gone? the business. Lucia Ball is very dead. Yeah, okay. Lucy yeah. Ball. Yeah, Lucy Ball. I gotta look that you up. You know, I love Lucy. No. You know, There's so, like, I'm born in Sweden. Y'all don't have I love Lucy in Sweden? No, not what? a chance. Was she black? No, she was not black. She was a white woman married to a Cuban man. She's a white woman with red hair and blue eyes married to a Cuban. Hmm. And she, her and Ethel used to get into all kind of crazy situations. I gotta look that up. No. You gotta look that up. Oh Lord, they're not showing Lucy reruns. And <laughs> what the hell's going on with the world? <laughs> no. Yeah. <but> I, <laughs> She's uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's one of my favorites. And then, then it got um, who else? Uh, I like Monique. I like uh, some more. She's real funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sarah How Silverman. Old is she? Some more. She's, she's gonna be like in her forties. But she's still attractive. Yeah, so. She's attractive. No, I mean, like, she's old, but I would still. You would still hit that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, she ain't, she ain't no more than 45, I don't think. Maybe maybe 50. I just maybe. love it. She has a very sexy uh, persona on stage. Like the, right. Like the um, cut up skirts, and I'm like, damn. She ready. She ready. She ready. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, who else? I like Sarah Silverman. Those, and who else as far as females? Have you met all these persons Yeah, person? I met all these people except for um, Lucia Ball because she died before I could meet her. Um, mm. Phyllis Diller is somebody else that I really look up to that's a female. But then, you know, after that, pretty much it's all about the men. Yeah. Um, and then so, like, of Richard course, Pryor Richard Pryor, there. of course, um, when I met him at comedy camp, I'll never forget, he made me get off the stage in the middle of me telling jokes, which like hurt my feelings for a second because I was like, oh my God, he thinks I'm horrible. Oh. And he's like, sit down, sit down. And he's like, look, people don't come to comedy clubs because they want to hear about religion or because they want to hear about politics or they want to hear about your problems or your childhood or any of that. They don't come because they want to hear about that stuff. People come to comedy clubs because they want to have fun. So as long as you're on stage and you're having a good time, they'll have a good time. And that's all that matters. Have fun. It doesn't matter about your material. You can have the most horrible material ever. You can get up there and read the phone book. But if you're having fun reading the phone book, <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. Right? And it's all about having fun. And so I've always taken that with me into everything that I do. Not just comedy, but everything. Like, I'm having fun doing this podcast yeah. with you. When I go to court, I have a great time. Regardless <laughs> of what the situation is. And I usually win. How often do you go. go to court? You make it at sound least, like everyday habits. At least twice a year. At least twice a year. For what reasons? Yeah, tickets, whatnot. You know, whatever. Oh, yeah. In America, if you get a ticket, you have to go to court. Mm -hmm. In Sweden, you just pay like an invoice. Yeah, but if you want to fight the ticket. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to pay the invoice. So if you you're don't black, want that basically. Not if you're black. I mean, if you anybody, let's say yeah. you get a speeding ticket, but you wasn't speeding. You know that you wasn't uh, speeding, okay. but the police give you a ticket anyways. Just to be a cunt. Yeah, just yeah. because, you know, they want to be able to say, 
something. I have a reason for pulling you over. Because yeah. they pull you over a lot of times because you're beautiful. That's what I like to think. Not because I'm <laughs> black. It's because I'm beautiful. And they want to look at my beauty. That's what I tell myself. They want to look at your A minus cup. That's what they, that's what they want to see. They want to see that minus cup. You know, they want to they wanna get to know me. That's why they pull me over. That's what I tell. I try to be positive. And, um, yeah, yeah, and then you get that ticket, and then you just go fight it, and then get your money back. Because, uh, back to the thing that you said about uh, Richard Pryor uh, saying this to you when he pulled you off stage, I felt very privileged and because you told this while I saw you this was the first time I saw you live I believe uh, this mm -hmm. thir other Thursday at the All Star Comedy Club and I felt so privileged I think I think that people that are there as normal audiences don't appreciate your act as much as a comedian I, I believe so at least mm -hmm. I think they just laugh they applaud they take pictures with you and that's it but I I think, like, because I love comedy, I'm a nerd of comedy, mm -hmm. and I'm also a comedian myself, so when I hear you, I'm, like, 50% entertained, and then 50%, I'm like, okay, how did she think, like, you know, like, how did she write that, or why did she say this, or how did, how was her body language, and when you told me about, um, when you t well, not me, but when you told this story about how Richard Pryor brought you off stage and told you all this, I was like, oh, man, this is beautiful, like, it felt like such a gift to... To share that. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what I felt like when he shared it with me. Of course, yeah. I obviously. felt like that was like the best gift he could have ever given me. And no matter what job I have or whatever I've ever done, I've always taken that with me. And it's been the most empowering thing. That's a blessing. Yeah, it's, a, it's the best gift I've ever gotten. Besides my divorce. That was a good <laughs> gift too. But <laughs> besides that, you know. Um, I'm grateful for that, and and I don't always share that when I'm on stage. It's just like certain scenarios. You just like, felt like it. I felt like sharing it that night because it was like the audience. I felt like a lot of them were like, "What the fuck just happened here? Yeah, like yeah. this girl is so pretty and she's talking like that. Yeah. Like she doesn't care about what Nothing. what we think or no. anything. She doesn't no. give a fuck about no. us, but she does. Yeah, but she doesn't. Like, yeah, I know. What you mean. And so that's why I, <laughs> I decided let me share this because the, the looks on their face was like, I'm having a good time, but I don't know what. I don't know if I'm doing right. I don't know oh, if this is right or wrong. Why am I laughing? Yeah, why am I laughing? Why am I having so much fun? Well, let me tell you why you're having fun. Because I'm having fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that was a good gig. I mean, um, I have to say personally thank you for sharing that story on the podcast. But also, because in that moment, because now I kind of like wanted you to tell it again. Uh, like, I felt that. I yeah, felt like that's sorry, not sorry. Because <laughs> like, I really wanted you to like, retell. Because that's like... It, that's like really enriching for me as a person, as a comic, and I hope that people that listen to it really feel that that that's a that's some kind of like you don't just walk up to Richard Pryor, you just, you don't just meet him, especially now when he's now now when he's dead. Yeah, I mean, he's in a wheelchair at the time, so wow. yeah. yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, and you were how old were you back then? I was like fifteen. Wow, so they were like in the beginning of your yeah, it was the nineties, man. Holy shit! So you were fifteen in the nineties. I'm trying to count. <laughs> Do the math. I already told you like five times how old I am. Yeah, you just know, don't want to count. <laughs> just do the math. Oh, I'm the worst at it. Yeah, 21 plus 14 is... <laughs> 35. You're 35? Gosh. Wow, black you people... finally figured it out. Black people age weird. Yeah, I know, because all I do is crack. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I do not do crack. That is crack not true. Does you. Yeah, that is a joke. <laughs> I do not do that. I don't even know what it looks like. Speaking of black people that age right, do you know Artie Fuqua? Yeah. Yeah, that guy never ages. I know, right? He's like, f gotta be 50. Yeah, I think because he just drinks water. 
Yeah, and he's, he constantly dances, he moves. He's never still. He's like a hamster in a wheel. Like, that dude is never still on stage, off stage, running up and down stairs, running after girls, in McDonald's, dancing, like, everything he does on McDougal Street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just dancing, dancing, dancing. Well, you know, they say, but a body that stays in motion can never age. Because you're constantly so. moving. You don't give your body a chance to fucking wrinkle up. Keep yeah. it moving forward. So it has to keep renewing itself. It has to stay But also, on top of black people always use a body lotion. Yeah, that part. Cocoa butter. Cocoa butter. Cocoa butter. Yeah. That's the business. Cocoa got, butter and shea butter. Because yes. I got two uh, godchildren that are black, Jamaicans. And their father is like 50-something, but he looks like 20. Like mm. He looks like a 20-year-old Buster Rhymes. <laughs> I swear, he muscles and like... Like body lotion, and plus he got that patwa going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you would meet him, you'd be like, what's your credit? <laughs> <laughs> what's your credit score, boo? You looking good. No, I wouldn't. As soon as he said he had two kids, I'd be like, and nice he, to meet you. No, he has the two kids. That's the one that I'm the godfather of. He has like, I don't know how many kids. He's oh, yeah. Jamaican, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm not talking to him. Yeah, he used to be a beach bum and stuff, so he got plenty of kids. And yeah. <laughs> he knows five of his kids. <laughs> I'm sorry for ratting out you out, Pinchers. <laughs> oh, you got the name. Okay. Yeah. Pinchers, I'm going to put you on Don't Date Them. Don't Date Them.com. <laughs> don't, no, but like, uh, Pinchers is the only Jamaican in Sweden, so. Hilarious. Yeah. People, are, people in Sweden that are like from Eritrea, Ethiopia, Gambia, they say that they are Jamaican to sound cooler, mm-hmm. but everybody knows they're not Jamaican because their pathway is like, yeah, man, what, <laughs> what is Guan? <laughs> it's like, get the fuck out of here. You're not Jamaican. You're Gambian. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> what's a Gambian? It sounds like something out of a like a, a Gambia a ho- is a country. A Hobbit movie. Yeah. Gambia is a very small country in West Africa. It's surrounded by Senegal. Oh, Gambia. Okay. Yeah. Gambia is where you have Mandingo, Wolof, uh, Fula, mm-hmm. those type of people, and a lot of slaves were from Gambia yeah. or from Senegal. Mostly Gambia, because Gambia was a uh, colonized. You say mm-hmm. colonized by Britain, mm-hmm. and Senegal was uh, is that surrounding it like a sea. And Gambia is like a dot in between the sea. The sea is, Senegal was uh, colonized by France, mm-hmm. by the French. So yeah, so Gambia had a lot of slavery. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up now. <laughs> nah, that's not, that's not what's, what's up. up. <laughs> that's not what's up. <laughs> that's not what's up. Um, <laughs> but so. thanks a lot. Maybe one of them brought my mama here to America. But yeah. not my mama, but my great 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 grandmama and yeah. granddaddy, and that's how I got here. Yeah, <laughs> through off my mama's side, but off my daddy's side, I just came in a, in his nuts yeah. on a boat, on an Italian boat. Yeah, from Africa. Boom, <laughs> he met my mama, had her pregnant within six months of him getting to America. That's how you do it, Dad. Ethiopia style. Ethiopia style. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what they call Ethiopians and Eritreans? What? Habish. Yeah, Habisha. Habisha, yeah. Yeah, Habisha, yeah. yeah. I thought Ama- it was going to be something else. <laughs> no, no, Amarinya, Habisha. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of those over in Sweden. Mostly Eritreans. But yeah, Eritreans. Good I think people. that's what my dad actually is, Eritrean. But when he came to America, I guess Eritrea and Ethiopia was all one. So yeah, he came was, as yeah. Ethiopian. It was one kingdom. Yeah, it was one kingdom that was split up. Because the Italians were spoiling the Eritreans. Exactly. That's what I was told. Yeah, I mean, Italians messed up all of it, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so time flies with you. I got to move on. I want to know yeah. more about you. I <laughs> yeah. want to get the juice out of you. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Worst gig. My worst gig. Worst gig. Has, like, has it ever been like a gig that's like, I want to kill myself. I want to stop comedy. I've never if wanted to. If there's a plural, go on. But like, if there's one particular that's like, Fuck, this made me want to jump from a bridge. I've never had a gig where I wanted to stop comedy. 
I've had gigs where I'm like... Not I even in to... the moment that you wanted to stop? Mm -mm, no? mm -mm. I never wanted to stop comedy. I had gigs where I'm like, okay, um, if I died right now, this would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just die in this moment, it would be really perfect right now. So all these people could feel so bad oh, man. for being so mean to me. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Um, I would have to say my worst gig... I've had two. My my very worst gig was the very first one I got paid for. Yeah. And that was when I did a I did a show at a hotel and my auntie had booked me for it. And this is before I found out she was a lesbian. She didn't tell me. <laughs> okay. And they said they was gonna pay me fifty dollars for fifteen minutes of comedy. And I was like, What? Fifteen minutes of me talking, y'all gonna pay me fifty dollars? I'm there. Like this is my well, first time. I was like I was like 21. I was wow. 21. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be great. Like, oh, I'm so excited. So I go to do the gig. I get there. I see nothing but women. And I'm like, okay. And all my jokes at that time were about me having a boyfriend and what me uh, and, my, yeah. and how my boyfriend is so good to me yeah. and how I love having a boyfriend and yeah. how I thought I was going to die with of no men in China because <laughs> I thought I was going to die a virgin <laughs> and all this stuff. And so I get there. And I do my, I'm up there telling my jokes, and it's a bunch of lesbians. They're a bunch of lady dudes. And they start yelling out, oh, your boyfriend ain't got nothing on me. I got something in the drawer bigger than your boyfriend, and this, and this, and this. And I wanted oh to cry God. so bad. And I'm like, leave me alone. I'm trying to tell jokes here. Oh, my God. Did you say that? Oh, my God. I said, you guys are making me feel like a piece of meat. And one lady was like, I'll eat your meat. And I was like, oh. no. Like, it just seemed like no matter what I said, it would get worse and worse and worse. And so then I was like, okay, it's my 15 minutes up. I'm out of here. Like, and I went in the back and I cried. And you cried? Yeah, I cried. I cried for like a minute. And then the lady's like, don't worry, baby. You did a good job. I said, no, them ladies are trying to make me gay. They want to hurt me. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And she was like, baby, stop crying. And she handed me the $50. And I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. You so, wipe, wipe them tears with these bills. Yeah, man. Oh, you know what? I've had some really bad ones now that I think about it. Yeah? Yeah. If you want to share, please. Yeah, there was another please. time I was on TV on this show <laughs> called Bill Bellamy, Who's Got Jokes. And I won the L.A. portion. And then we had to go to Atlanta. And I was performing at the Civic Center. And it was... ATL. Yeah. And it was full of people. And I had never performed there before. And I had to do some jokes or whatever, like some impromptu jokes. And so I'm doing my jokes and nobody's laughing. And some guy goes, boo. And I was like, I hate you. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know what I said or what I did, but I hurried up. I remember I said something smart and hurried up and got off the stage. And I feel like that was a really bad experience. I cried on that one. Was too. that on TV also? Yeah, that was on TV. Oh, no. And they, so people they aired that part? They aired oh, it. Oh, no. And so that, How old that was. How were you then? I was 24, 25. <sighs> And then... Oh, no, that's terrible. And then I had another... You know what? Then I had another experience <laughs> where... Um, Honest moments with Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had another experience where I had just um, had a domestic violence situation with my husband. And my eye was busted. My lip was busted. And... And I probably shouldn't have went and did the show. But, but you still did. But I had I felt like I had to You're for warrior. my soul. Yeah. Like for my soul, yeah. I needed to. So I go up there and I'm telling my jokes and somebody's like, What happened to your eye? And then I was just like, Bitch, that's what like and I kinda went off. And I was telling what happened to my eye, but I'm yelling at everybody like oh. like they did it to me. Uh, <laughs> Half the audience was you. laughing. The <laughs> other half was scared as hell. Um I ended up uh leaving the stage uh Pretty distraught 
and crying. And, um, oh. but they were laughing though. It was weird because the, the people were laughing though, but I was crying. Like I was really hurt. And so then I come out. That's this sensitive. Is, yeah, it was. The, I mean, it just because it really happened. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just a funny joke. It really happened. Yeah, it really happened like the wow. day before, and so or two Who days was this before. Asshole. Don't worry about it. So then we get on the stage. Like, it, like, cause I'm very sensitive when it comes to like stuff like that. Like, if if I ever see a girl get like pushed by a man, that's the he's gonna pass out quick. I'm gonna put my yeah. jujitsu choke on him, and he's out. Yeah, but two you know, seconds. It, it happens. It happens in life. It's and it and it's it, wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong, and it shouldn't happen. But it did. It did happen, and I'm glad it happened because I learned a lot from it, and I know that it, I'll never. I I know that I'll never allow it to happen again, and um, and if it happens. I'm gonna give you my number. I'm gonna, uh, I'm yeah. gonna give him like a live MMA fight. <laughs> well, then that's yeah. what's up. He's gonna experience some good jujitsu. That's what's up, man. Yeah. And I promise you, any jujitsu academy you go to, a decent one, if you just tell them I was hit by my husband, any decent jujitsu practitioner would help you. Well, if I, they don't, I'm gonna choke them out. Well, <laughs> I got a brother-in-law now that specializes in that. He does jiu MMA, yeah, jujitsu yeah. and all kind of stuff. He does MMA fighting. LA. Uh, yeah, he lives what's out his here. Name? His name is Delwan. Delwan what? Delwan Macon. You know what academy is at? No. No? I have no idea. Okay. I just know he fights. Yeah. He does like professional fighting Good. So stuff. you got him and got me. Yeah, I got you now yeah. and him, but I don't, I don't think, boom, thank you. <laughs> I don't think I have a problem with that anymore. You will never, I hopefully, if you do, fingers in the ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um. So you went up, I mean, that's strong. I mean, that's worth an applause. Thank you, I mean, you, going up you. on stage with All Buster, beat up. Yeah, all beat up. That's. Yeah. I, I mean, to, I think especially I'm I don't trying to be patronizing or something, but I, I uh, like patriotic. But I think it's if a guy has scars and like like a black guy, I think it's kind of like he can play off cool, like yeah, I was in a fight. But if a woman has it, I think it's more sensitive because like no matter if you want or not, subliminally, a woman is all, always a mother somewhere for you, no matter who you are. So I think that's always sensitive. Yeah, well, people don't like to see women beat up, first no. off. Unless it's a big, ugly bitch. <laughs> don't nobody want to see no female beat up. And here goes the thing that was so great about that. When I came off stage that night, <laughs> oh, man. so many women... I can't believe you say that. That's the truth. It's the truth. But so many women came up to me after that night and, and were like so empowering. And, wow. and they were like, girl, I'm about to leave my man right now too. He put me through that too. And this oh, is shit. what you need to do. And that, it was like a synergy. Like, it ha yeah. like I needed to go up that night to empower other women to make changes in their lives and to do something different yeah. and to say, you know what? I'm not going to let my black eye hold me back from doing what I love. No, yeah. You know, and that, a lot of times men will give you a black eye because <clears> they don't want you to do what you love. They want you to do what they love. And that's they did. What a fucking asshole. I don't like cursing, <laughs> but I don't know the guy. I hope the guy crashes and dies in a car accident. No, I hope he I hope he gets with a woman that drives him crazy. <laughs> and that's all I hope for him. I hope <laughs> that he's super happy with a crazy bitch. With a crazy bitch. Because <laughs> I still love him. I don't want nothing bad to happen to him. But I do want somebody to stress him the fuck but, out. But you were married to this guy. Yeah, I was married How to him. How old were you when you married him? I was 27. And he was? Tw 38. Okay, and, and that's the only time you've been married? That's it. Just one marriage. But you still have contact with this guy? Yeah, I still talk to him every now and then. Yeah. I would shoot that guy. No, don't shoot him. Let God take care of him. Okay. You know what's the best part is like, I, I talk to him every now and then and he's telling me, oh, this went wrong and that went wrong and I'm just eating that up. I just love to hear his bad news. <laughs> I just love to hear it. That's karma, right? Yeah. Karma. I wish him nothing but happiness, but you know, he's only going to get as much joy and his happiness 
as he gave out. You know, I like Period. you as a person and stuff, but I still have to, we have to agree to disagree because I can never, ever respect a man that hits a woman. Like, I can't, I can't hope that he's happy. You know what I mean? Well, because I have a, I grew up with a sister and a mother. Right. And if my father would have ever raised his hand to my mom, he would be dead. I could kill him today if he did it. But it's you have to think about this. What was his background? How was he raised? What did he watch growing up? It doesn't matter. It Don't do, it, touch your yeah, woman. No, it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, people are going to reenact what they experienced that's, as yeah, a child. Course, yeah. that's, that's just life. That's why they teach history class so you don't make the same mistakes these motherfuckers make. Yeah. But it's inevitable. And so, and so if he doesn't have... I feel like... Like, my vocabulary might not be the best vocabulary, but I could kill you with some words. Yeah. I can use my words, and I could hurt you really bad. Yeah. And a lot of times, guys don't have the, the know-how or think fast enough yeah. to be able to hit you back with words. So, so they then hit they you hit you with physically. their hands, or they, they try to make you shut up. They pick you up and throw you. They yeah. do stuff because they don't know what else to do. They're still little boys. Yeah. You know, mentally. I, yeah. That's what I believe. Yeah. And it takes... I feel like, you know, everybody can ch everybody has an opportunity to change and everybody makes mistakes, but because you made a mistake does not mean that I have to be around you. True. Or entertain you with my my loveliness. Your so loveliness. suffer in so your good. happiness with that other bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, got to move on. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it's time flies with you. It's fun to talk to you. It's fun I to know. be with you. We're going to be here for 2 hours. Yeah, Come on. but uh, <laughs> I don't mind, but you have a show at the Laugh Factory yeah. Long Beach tonight yes, and I we're do. still in Hollywood, so. Yeah. Um I just want to push these next two questions together if you have like it's kind of the same question if you have like 10 let's say from one star to 10 star if you have like 10 shows that are like four star mediocre if you have 10 of those in a row what's your motivation to still keep on going even though you have those mediocre sets like what is your motivation? Like you don't need to motivate others, but like what is what is yours and maybe somebody can pick that up from you. My motivation, let's say that I have, you know, I do 10 shows like you said and out of those 10 shows, I only have four great sh sets. And maybe the last the last six shows are kind of like, bah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I take that and I go, "Okay, well, what do I need to change? What do I need to do different?" To make it exciting for me. I try to make every single show. No matter where I'm at. No matter what the venue is or whatever. Fun for me. If, as long as it's fun for you. It doesn't matter. If the audience thinks it's mediocre. Fuck you guys. I had a great time. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's how I look at it. And when I do have. Like I don't have shows like that too often. But when I do have shows like that. Then I say. I stop. And I get in my notebook. And figure out what. Change the order of the jokes. Change the order. Of, and just. Try to put on a new suit. Try to do revamp it. So just to but, get in, just because you mentioned the notebook, you're a person that writes jokes on paper or mo mobile phone. I write my jokes on on paper. Always. Yeah, always. I've always. Well, no, like if I'm in, if I'm in Cause motion, because like, you're still from you're schooled as a comedian with the best with fucking yeah Richard with a notebook Fire. yeah with, yeah with a notebook yeah. a journal because I mean people like I've I've seen people like Louis C.K. David Tell like these old school cats. Tracy Morgan, they don't use their phone. They write on paper. Right, right. I write on paper too. Like I have to, like every day for 10 minutes, I find the time, I'll write some, write down my thoughts, write down something that I think is funny. And then every on, day, every day, every day, I try to find time every single day. Uh, there's like 
notebooks and notebooks and notebooks of crap. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> but crap. You know, whatever. And some of it is jewels. And um, when I'm in motion, though, like let's is... say I'm in a car or yeah. I'm out with yeah. lunch with my friends, yeah. I'll turn on my phone and record like a thought. And then later on when I'm sitting down with my notebook, I'll listen to that and jot those thoughts down. Because your phone can get stolen. Your phone breaks. Your phone is, you know. True. But you can also lose a notebook. Yeah, you can lose a notebook and then, oh, well. Forget it on the bus or whatever. Yeah, and then that means you didn't need it. That's how I look That's at it. That's tough. That means you That's didn't need it. That means, that means that uh, God needs you to do over. You need Feels to redo that like, shit over. Like DMX says, if you love something, let it go. If it comes back to you, it's yours. If it yeah. doesn't, it never was. Hold me down. Yeah. <laughs> 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 DMX, is he still in jail for the pitbull thing? I have no idea. I didn't even know he went to jail for pitbulls. Yeah, he had like too many pitbulls in a cage or something. Oh, I didn't know that. He had like 10 of them in a cage. Damn, but he didn't go to jail for all these bitches. He got pregnant, huh? Oh yeah, he did. No, I mean, did he? Did he get bitches? I mean, girls. Yeah, he got a bunch of. You making me refer to women <laughs> as bitches? I hate you. <laughs> love you too. <laughs> no, I, love you. I got, I got mad love for you, especially after these forty-five minutes. Yeah. Mad love for you. Uh, moving on to the next chapter. Before when I saw you perform, um, even though I didn't understand English, I mean, I understand. But even if I didn't understand English. I would see that you were a great comedian because you're... You know, some comedians, like, if you watch Louis C.K. or David Tell, like these older guys, if you don't understand English, you won't be able to understand that it's fun because they're super still. They have a stone face. They don't really make... Like maybe Louis C.K. makes a sound once to them, but he's really still. Um, David Tell is very still. I bring up these two guys because they're very, like... Older, mature men, they like they look like they could mm. be a politician almost. Mm-hmm. You couldn't, because <laughs> you you go up on stage, you do like you do a little bit of your set, you dance a little bit, you joke, you interact with the audience, you talk to the the girls with the hijabs on, <laughs> then you fuck around with the black guys, the black guys in the back, then you talk to the white boys in the front, like you interact with everybody. Feels like they been touched by you almost yeah. really like you high fived everybody or you fist bumped them. Yeah. And so and you your approach um which is moving on to talking about heckling because some of the first thing you did you talked about um your monkey. <laughs> and I know nobody in Sweden knows what monkey means. If you don't know Monkey means the the ladies. Um, that's the vagina. That's the vagina. The the lady parts. The yeah. cuckoo. The thing that make the boys go crazy. Yeah. It's the, the warm place. The thing that make me lick my finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the the vagina. Yeah, the vagina. Yeah, I love to go down on my woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Tracy Morgan could. again. I love to go down on my. Yeah, I love kissing monkey. Yeah. Uh, I go all the way down across the street. I call it monkey because it'll make dudes like jump around and be crazy. Uh, they'll act like monkeys for it. You know, they'll fight each other for it. Because the first thing, not the first first, but like you came up and you said hi, you know, thank you, blah, 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 great night. Uh, but then you... The you first s- thing you remember is me talking about yeah, my monkey. Yeah, you were shaking your monkey in the air. And I was like, why wasn't I in the front? <laughs> I was like, I want that monkey sweat on me. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, no, but like... Um, my, it, I, I don't want only want. To, I mean, I would love to talk about your monkey, but that's not the reason why I brought it up. I brought it up in the comedic purpose of uh, heckling. Is because I believe I might be wrong. I believe that heckling is different because uh, of gender. Because like when you ask the audience after like thirty minutes, do you want to talk about? And I threw out, "Are oh, you single?" 
uh, half because ninety percent out of personal interest and ten percent out of a comedic interest. What you want to do with the joke, <laughs> but like I feel like when it's um, when it's uh, a comedian asks what do you want to talk about, people never have sexual uh, comments when it's a man, but when it's a female comedian, it's sexual comments. And was that the reason why you were talking about your monkey in a way to protect yourself from getting sexual comments? No, um, I talk about my monkey because I love my monkey. Mm -hmm. And I know that uh, most of the men in the audience is thinking about my monkey. And they're wondering what it look like. Mm -hmm. How yeah. do she keep it clean? What do it smell like? <laughs> I'm sure that's what they're thinking. So that's why I talk about it. Um, it has nothing to do with protecting myself no. or anything like that. I mean... I feel well protected because I have the microphone in my hand. Yeah. Can't nobody touch me yeah. as long as I got this microphone. I'm the most powerful person in the room. And and to to touch back on you saying that, you know, like those other comics are kind of standstill and yeah. I'm all over the place yeah. and moving around and talking to everybody. I always felt like comedy should be universal. Mm -hmm. And like I love like uh, Jerry Lewis where he's like, you know, they love him in France because he's such a physical comic. They don't yeah. know what he's saying, but his physicality is hilarious. Yeah. And that's how I like to think about myself. I want to be able to make somebody in the middle of the Buku Islands or somewhere that don't speak no English, but they see me and they think, oh, she's pretty. Oh, I don't know what she's saying, but man, she's funny. She's, funny. Yeah. she's having a good time. I love to watch her move around. Like... To me, that's that's worth more than anything in the world. And I like for my comedy to cross over. Hmm. And I know a lot of people say, well, your, your comedy's not going to cross over if you talk about your monkey the whole time. But I don't always talk about my monkey. I talk about it on a late night show because it's late night. And that's what we all in here thinking about. Yeah. Sex. Yeah. Period. <laughs> uh, want some more water? No, I'm good. Uh, but um, so do you think that there is a different type of heckling towards a female comedian versus a male comedian? Um, I think it depends on where you are. Um, a lot of times I think people are afraid to heckle me. Uh, and I love hecklers. That's you love like, it? I love yeah. it. I, I hate it. I, hate I it. love it. I love oh when people want to chime in and try to say something. But maybe just, that's because you're, you've been on stage for such a long time. Yeah. Almost 10 years. So you're more 20, than 20. Sorry, 20. Almost. Sorry. <laughs> nah. But maybe that's because your confidence, you've had, maybe, maybe you've had so many different varieties of heckling. Yeah, but ever since, I mean, ever since the day that I did the female show, the lesbian uh, show, and they were heckling me, after that day, I've I've always been like, hecklers, bring yourself. Oh, yeah. Like, I am ready for, I write jokes just for hecklers. Oh, yeah? Like, I'm prepared for that. I'm so excited when somebody decides they want to chime in and say something. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yes, <laughs> I get to really have some fun now. I'm going to rip you apart. <laughs> you <laughs> you know? like, tear I'm going to destroy you. Like, yeah. <laughs> Or if you're good looking, I'm gonna fuck you. Whatever, whatever it is, you know, I'm gonna have fun with you. And to me, I love, I love that. Like a lot of comics don't like it, but I like it because it makes that show unique and original to that day, uh, that moment, that time. You know. But like, let's say when it's a special recording. Okay, I've been heckled a gang of times. This special yeah. recordings. Yeah. yeah, when I did oh uh, Martin Lawrence, The First Amendment, some guy's going to heckle me, saying no something. Way. I clowned to shut it down. I was doing another show. Uh. They always heckle me now that I think about it when I'm doing shows. Yeah. Ooh, your booty look good. Thank you, boo. Thank you. Oh, okay. Like, you know, whatever. I, I don't care. That, that is a heckling, but it's kind of like a compliment. Yeah, but it's still disturbing the show. True, true. You know. So it is heckling. Yeah, it it's is heckling. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. Even if you're yelling out positive things like, oh my God, I want to buy you a house. 
oh, thank you. Let's talk after the show. <laughs> you know. Um, do you think that there is less, this is like combined to the second mm -hmm. question, you know so how some comedians do like high school gigs and no cursing gigs or like, like Dean Edwards, he doesn't curse on stage, so mm -hmm. that, that makes him able to perform it in China, in Saudi Arabia, in Yemen, in mm -hmm. Dubai. Um, is there, <laughs> bless <Excuse> you, <laughs> no, that was just fun. Mm -hmm. Is there, do you think there is less heckling if there is no alcohol? Um, if there's no alcohol, there is definitely less heckling yeah but when that, i do but when definitely? i do that's definitely okay. there's less heckling from my experience but when i do like high schools like i do comedy shows at high schools i do a show called chuckles not knuckles and we go to inner city schools that have like problems with rioting or racial tension oh. and stuff like that and those kids will heckle you the whole time you're on stage they ain't got no drinking oh, they just oh. rowdy ass kids you know i've done shows at um geriatrics homes where it's like geriatrics homes, like retirement homes for old people oh, okay. You know, and they heckle the whole time. They'll, Old people? Yes. No way. Yes, they'll be like, oh, you look like this lady named Gladys. Like, who is Gladys? <laughs> I'm talking to talk about reading books. Like, no you way. know. Um, oh, it, man. It, it just depends on the, the mind frame of the comedian. I mean, not the comedian, but the mind frame of the audience mm. and what type of audience you're doing the show for. But when it comes to like, like I've. Do, I do shows without cursing, and I've been oh, okay. everywhere. But I do shows with cursing. I, they sent me to Japan, and Have I did. To Japan? Yeah, I've been to Japan. Yeah. I've been to Korea a bunch of times. What and, for the military? Yeah, or? for the military, oh, doing okay. stuff in Italy and all that stuff. And um, always, Italy, always, 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 always military. Always military, military stuff. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, always Americans. No, 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 nobody else want me to come to the country except for the <laughs> Ethiopians. But they oh, yeah. keep saying I gotta sleep in a hut, and I'm not cool with that. <laughs> you but, gotta get a, <laughs> a bug inside of your A minus cup. <laughs> right. So you'll be doing overseas shows, but like only for American audiences. Yeah. Okay. Never for any. Okay. Like, like, uh, how do you domestic audience? Because mm -mm, yeah. mm -mm. that's like I've been asked to come to England a bunch of times, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I'll come. Who, who's gonna set it up though? Yeah, and it's like fans. I have like a ridiculous yeah. amount of fans, oh. and I'm like, call the comedy club, call yeah, 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 whoever yeah. you know, try yeah. to get me out there because I'm not just gonna come by my own. Yeah, of course, of course not. <laughs> I mean, you need yeah. that money. Yeah, that paper boo boo. That part, <laughs> but uh, or even just a good place to be staying that I yeah. feel safe. I mean, yeah. I might be willing to travel somewhere. No, no, no. You got to pay me for the travel part. I course, like I tell the promoters all the time. I do jokes for free. You pay me to travel though. Yeah, that's the hard part. The travel. I really, really. I'm saying this on the podcast now, so it's almost like a promise. I really want and slash plan to bring you over. That would be lovely. Yeah. But right now, the like the spring is wait. Yeah, the spring is like uh, almost booked, mm -hmm. uh, and um, I'm trying to get Dean Edwards over. He hasn't been to Scandinavia yet, mm -hmm. but I've brought over a lot of Americans like Moz Jobrani, you know mm -hmm. him, yeah, yeah. Ma Maximini, Bill yeah. Dawes, and like different type of comedians. And like when Fluffy comes, I'm always opening for that guy. Like, yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, Fluffy, it's Fluffy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but like, because you know people speak English in, especially in Scandinavia, you have to speak English from age seven, six. So like, it will work. Yeah. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about cursing and stuff. Cursing and, and stuff. Overseas shows. Yeah, overseas shows. Yeah, yeah. Because I was in England in November 2013 performing, and the audience liked it because half of it was at the comedy store in England. Mm -hmm. Half of them were tourists, mm -hmm. and they liked it. But the other half, the British people, was just sitting like with their arms crossed and like, I don't find this amusing. Yeah, <laughs> they're confused. Um, yeah, and then and like my shit works in America. But when the British comedians came on, 
they killed, like they killed, the audience were dying, the British part, but the European part, like me and my, I was there with my ex, I was like, baby, do you find this funny? She's like, no, it's not amusing. And I'm like, I didn't laugh for a second. <laughs> I was trying to, as a fellow comedian, like support I, laugh, but I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? Like, I've been at open mics that was much funnier in America. Yeah. But, but you just, know, like Gina Yeshiray, she's from England. Her comedy is like, good. she's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, she has a good crossover comedy, but you would never know. You would never know. Like, but she's like the business in England. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't, go. I, I judge their comedy off of her comedy. Like, I love Ricky Gervais, but he's been in America for like 20 years. I guess it's personal, but like, do you know Umid Jalili? The big fat Persian guy. He, um, he tours a lot with Miles Gibrani and uh -huh. stuff. And I like him too, but he does a lot of stuff like internationally. So he's not really, he's a, more of a Persian comic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but like the other, other than Ricky Gervais and Omid Jalil, like I can't laugh at English comedy. Oh man, you got to check out Gina Yashere. She's hilarious. Jeannie. Gina. Gina. Gina Yashere. Yashere. She sounds mm -hmm. Eritrean too. Nah, she's a, she's a, she's Nigerian, I think. Nigeria? Oh, I love Nigeria. Uh, yeah, her mom is Gina from Nigeria. Nash I think, yeah. I gotta look She's that great. Up. You would love her. She's so funny and clever. And they love mm. her in England. She was mm. the business. Hmm. Monkey business. No? I'm joking. Nah, <laughs> she's into that monkey as far as I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's, yeah. I don't know. I don't <laughs> no, know. No. I'm making up shit. <laughs> You're making up shit. Um, talk about stuff that is made up. Like, do you ever talk about trends in your set? Like, like right now when I'm in America, Everybody talks about Ebola, uh, Ray Rice. I just, today I found out what Ray Rice is. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, because everybody's like, Ray, Ray Rice. You're like, oh, this laughing. sounds delicious. Yeah, I thought it was like some Chinese dish or something. And everybody's like, Ray Rice in the elevator. I'm like, yeah. Like, and everybody laughs except me. Right. Like, Eric Griffin talks about it. Like, yeah. everybody talks about it. And I'm like, who the fuck is Ray Rice? Like Ebola and stuff. But do you ever talk about, like, we can call that trends? Yeah, trend stuff. I mean, it depends on what it is. It has to be something that I feel like is uh, poignant to me. I, ha I have a Ray Rice joke or two, but it's not something that I like. I'll bring that up if I feel like it's appropriate for the room or whatever. At the moment. Yeah. But, but like, I, I got jokes about Ebola, too, but I don't think it's really that important. Like, I really, I mean, at the end of the day, what what is Ebola really? It's a manufactured um, disease that they yeah. made up yeah. that they, nobody in America has died from. No. Not one American has died no. from it, but they created all this pandemonium yeah. about it yeah. to make us paranoid. scared and yeah. paranoid so we don't pay attention to what's really going on. So get high the fuck five. out of here. I'm not about high to do five. no jokes about that. If you didn't know that. what that was, that was a high five. I yeah. loved it. No, I he was smacking my ass. That's <laughs> what happened. <laughs> he high fived my left booty cheek. <laughs> no, uh, but that's how I feel about that. Like, if it's, I feel like a lot of stuff is distractions to distract yeah. you from what's really going on. So yeah. why why continue with your distractions? I'm going to just talk about what entertains me. Yeah. Period. So if it's not something that entertains me, I'm not talking about it. But I do like to talk about Miley Cyrus. I do Miley like talk, Cyrus, yeah. I do like talking about that bitch. I <laughs> and her like wrecking bitch. ball. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, we have to wrap it up as quick as you can now because okay. uh, your manager is here. Uh, he's a very gentleman and he gives <laughs> us this time and stuff. I just want to go through some quick questions. Like, do you, do you have a favorite club? That yeah, you my love? favorite favorite club is the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. Buddy, thank you, buddy. <laughs> thank you, buddy. Yes, buddy. Jamie buddy. Masada, my buddy, buddy. Buddy, buddy. Yeah, that's my people. That's my big brother right there. Jamie, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Hey, buddy. And something that I've been thinking about, the more I come to America, the more I, especially Los Angeles, of course, uh, I think more about this. 
is there a Laugh Factory comedian and is there a comedy store comedian? Do you feel that? Do you perform at both places? I perform at both places and I have to say the comics that perform at the comedy store more than the... Well, there's a lot of comedians that perform at the comedy store that could never perform at the Laugh Factory. Oh, yeah? Why? Yeah, because I feel like the Laugh Factory has a certain standard. Like, it has, like a lot of the comics that perform at the Laugh Factory are mainstream TV mm-hmm. comics. Like, they're... They're, you have to have credit body. body. Yeah, they got to have some credits or you got to be a phenomenal comedian. Or like like when Jamie first started me out there, you know, I was no f- phenomenal comedian, but he used to let me open up or whatever. And I was still getting little acting jobs, so I had some credits. And I feel like at the comedy store, it's about who's showing up every night sitting out here waiting for a chance to get on. Uh, the hungry ones, they let, you know, they let the you hustlers. Home. The hustlers. Okay. But the Laugh Factory is more like, your once you make it in there, like they feel you can be anywhere in the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Like you're one of those comedians that could perform anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. And at the comedy store, you're one of those comedians that, you know, you could or couldn't, maybe, maybe not. Depends on your. Yeah, because there's been like a couple of comedians, like obviously Paulie Shore is the son of the the owner, uh, mm-hmm. but like I've never heard about him until I've been here. Nobody mm-hmm. in Amer- nobody in Europe, I can guarantee, you, don't know about Paulie Shore or like this new guy Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian yeah. is great. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, well, he, Sebastian performs at the Laugh Factory. He too. does. Yeah, he yeah. performed what he used to all the time. Well, I guess I guess it's, uh, I take that back. I, I, I called him new comedian. I mean, new new to my knowledge. New to you. Yeah, new to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know about him, and I'm I'm a comedy nerd still. I listen to podcasts. I try to find but like a lot of stuff on YouTube is restricted to America only. Also, mm-hmm. so that's kind of like against like it doesn't help us European comics to right. yeah I post up some videos of my stuff and I can't watch it in America but let me go overseas and I can watch it that's yeah. so crazy yeah that's crazy yeah. yeah I'm like I posted that right there in Compton I was in Compton <laughs> when I posted that <laughs> um I was just talking about I just wanted to plug in stuff like chocolate sunday slash urban nights whatever yeah. that's such a PC word do yeah. you do uh because, like, the All-Star Comedy Club, you were the only black comic that night. That night, yeah. And I don't want to... <laughs> On a lot of nights. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to, like, place you in, a, like, a label, like, mm-hmm. black comic, white comic, per, uh, like, whatever. But, like, there are these type of chocolate sundays. And if, for those that don't know, chocolate sundays, every Sunday at the Laugh Factory with the Pookie wigging thing. Yeah. <laughs> and the one and only Pookie, nicest gentleman in the world. Um, where there's basically almost only black comedians, right? Yeah, yeah. On chocolate Sundays, they try to make that the urban night. And yeah. that's where they try to get black people to come there. And it's usually like, you know, big name, black comics. And there's also, but there's a majority. There's a mixture of comedy. Really, on chocolate Sundays, you're dealing with all kinds of races that'll be there. There's no segregation on yeah. this, this. But it's known for being the urban show, the black show, the, you know, minority yeah. show. And uh, they have two shows a night. And I do that probably twice a year because oh, it doesn't okay. really pay that much money and I'm not really into it. Mm. Um, and I don't need that. Like when I was younger in the comedy game, I wanted to be on Chocolate Sunday so bad because yeah. I wanted to prove myself to my people. Uh-huh. Now I'm like, fuck that. Watch me on Showtime. <laughs> I don't need <laughs> do to prove you, myself to anybody. Do you have a special on Showtime? Yeah, I'm on uh, Snoop Dogg's Bad Girls of Comedy. So it's actually on Netflix right now. Oh, yeah, that's the bad thing. I can see it here, but I can't see it in Europe. I hate oh, that. Damn. It's so, oh, damn. It's so bad. Oh, man, so sad. Yeah. When to check me out on Comedy Central. 
Oh, you can't watch Comedy Central either? We can, but it's restricted. Oh, man. Well, then check me out on HBO. You got HBO? Yeah, but it's restricted. Oh, man. Like, like when I'm here, I can watch every, every, everything. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in Sweden, I can watch, like, let's say, I'm just making it easier. Like, I can watch Mm -hmm. 100 movies in Sweden on Netflix, but I I can watch, like, 500 here. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, like, Breaking Bad. I mean, stuff like that is, like... Oh, well, you need that code. I'm going to get you that code. Oh, yeah? uh, Watch it wherever you are in the world. You go hook me up. I got that from one of the military troops. (laughs) Give me a code, I can watch everything wherever yeah. I'm at in the world. Because there was a thing that I was going to ask you, and I'm a nerd of comedy. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck if it's whatever, Black Knight, uh, La Factoria, if yeah. it's Spanish Knight, if it's Persian Knight. I go to comedy shows to study. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my school, that's my academy. Same with my jiu-jitsu. I don't, like, in jiu-jitsu, there's a lot of parties. Like, hey, don't go to that uh, that organization. I go to all of them. Mm-hmm. But when I go to these urban nights, there's almost no... There's ne- I've never seen a white comic comic like me go there and study like I do. Yeah. It's like, cause, but but I see I don't want to name drop, but like I see a lot of these comedians go to different shows just to look, but they never come like these white comics never come to Chocolate Sunday. Cause they're scared. Of what? Of getting their ass beat. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think not. a lot of I think a lot of com- but you know urban comedy and a lot of times is discounted to be oh that's not that funny or that's you know you're trying to work the chitlin circuit or you know that it's not really that respected oh you want to do deaf comedy jam you're like uh like mm-hmm. it's not that respected but what they fail to realize it's a multi million dollar business just doing nothing but like I know comedians that are making a million dollars a year. Just doing urban rooms and urban only. rooms only. You know, and they're making a killing. So it's like, I don't know why they don't come and watch and study. Maybe because they don't respect it. Or maybe because they're afraid to even... I know a lot of comics that are afraid to come to Chocolate Sundays because they think they're going to get beat up because they might say the wrong thing to somebody. You know, so it just depends on who the person is and their fear hmm. level, I guess. Because I go to any night. I don't give a damn. Yeah, you're like that. Yeah, yeah I go at wherever. That's great. And I walk in and I expect for somebody to put me on stage when they see me. <laughs> That's how I think. That's easy. <laughs> I like it. Um, now, just like, because uh, you're born in Los Angeles. Yes. Is there, this is a question I really like, and I would really love for you to like, try to explain as much as you can for a person like me as a mm-hmm. non-American or American, whatever. Is there a... NYC comedian and is there a LA comedian like a comic and a style of comedy because what I've heard is like New York is more raw more manlier and LA is like more mainstream is that true or ex- just explain how you feel I think about it. I think that it definitely depends on where you're doing comedy at um when it comes to New York comedians they are like I feel like they're way f- uh, um not Yeah, fuck it. I think they're funnier. (laughs) I think they're like more seasoned. They have more edge to them. Because you know what? There's more venues to perform. And Mm. they live it. They live comedy. Because you can make a living doing comedy in New York and only doing comedy. You can hit up three, four, five clubs in one night and make at least, you know, two, three, four hundred dollars a night from these different clubs. If not more, depending yeah. on who you are. Yeah, I know I've true. gone there for a week and made a, sh- a gang of money. Like, yeah. dang, I need to be here all the time. And I got really strong because I was doing three and four shows it polishes a night. Your set. Yeah, and I'd be tired and still get up and just kill it, knock it out, bow, 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 like, and making money. In LA, you have to already come here. Like, if you are born here and you like, like, it's going to take, I feel like, a lot longer to become a hot, polished, 
hardcore comic because there's not first off there's not a lot of venues no uh you can't just do comedy all the time for a living unless you are you got a name for yourself or you have a trust fund because you're gonna have to do some kind of a day job yeah to survive because yeah. they're gonna only pay you 25 dollars 30 dollars a spot unless you've been at the yeah, comedy store yeah, yeah. <laughs> 15 dollars like i can't do the, the improv the parking is more expensive yeah the improv tried to hand me seven dollars i was like y'all smoking crack y'all just buy me some drinks and give me some food i'm not finna do this show for yeah. seven dollars that's i'm insulted that that's you handed me seven dollars yeah i'm insulted i'd rather do it for free you know so it's like um but now i'm at a level where i can say no this is what you're gonna pay me to do your show mm. and if you can't pay me then i won't do your show bye you yeah. know, and I don't need to do anything else in the daytime besides my little TV shows or whatever. Yeah. It, I don't even have to do those. I make enough money at comedy now that I could just live off of that. Yeah. I'll be star. I'll be skinny as hell because I have to be, be careful <laughs> about how I eat. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it's really hard, though. Because, like, when, when I'm in New York, because I usually I usually warm up for a lot of headliners like Tracy and Miles Jabroni, but that's just because I know them. Mm. And... Tracy and Moss, they give me money just because they know I'm young and, you know, from Sweden. Yeah. Just, hey, just give me something in my hand. But that's like, not, I'm not like booked. Yeah. But when I'm there, I do like between four to seven, eight shows a night. Yeah. Like open mics and shows like boom, 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 boom. Because I'm hungry as a motherfucker. Right. Because, and I get, like, I don't want to brag or anything, but like, no. you understand this. I get so much better because I, I'm performing eight times a day. When in Sweden, in a good month, I perform like... I mean, in an exaggerated good month, five times a month. And that's a good month. But you need to start your own room. I had a room, but it was a restaurant, and the Turkish owner fucked us over with money. Oh, damn. He didn't pay the comedians. The comedians got angry at me, and then I had to... Exp it was just drama. Yeah. But I mean, because like, comedy is still new in Sweden. Mm -hmm. Not that big, but like here, I mean, I perform in New York. I perform so much. Here, I'm lucky if I perform once a day in LA. Yeah, yeah it's like a, a blessing. Now, I, I make sure I perform like four times a week, but that's because I've developed relationships with people. Yeah, yeah. And it's and all about known. relationships. And you yeah. got your fan base and stuff. Yeah, and I can walk in somewhere and be like, put me on. Yeah, yeah, put me on. Because I've been on TV. You can knock on my door any day and say, I don't, can you put me on? I'm going to say, come here, I'm going to put you on. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I'm going to show you some Swedish loving. Yeah, boo, yeah. <laughs> I ain't got no credits, though. I mean, uh, I ain't got, no, what is it, bank? What is mm. it? Your credit score. Yeah, we don't have that in Sweden at all. Oh, no? That doesn't exist. Well, how can you tell if somebody doing good with their life or not? How can you tell if they're responsible, if they take care of their bills and all that stuff? Everybody just does it. Oh. Yeah, I mean... So you're telling me there's no deadbeat dads in Sweden? I mean, you have individuals there's that are stupid. There's people that just don't yeah. pay their bills. I mean, because if you don't pay your bills, then the welfare will give you money. Well, how do they know that you qualify for welfare? Because if you can't pay for the bills, then you will get a letter after three months, and then the welfare will get, pay for your bills. Well, welfare will come and pay you? I need yeah. to move to Sweden. I mean, it's very <laughs> like, this is a very good social net, like, secure yeah. network like that. So, mm. yeah. I need to see how responsible you are. That's the whole point of the credit score. Uh -huh. It's like your adult report card. You know? Oh, okay, okay. So, like, it shows, like, okay, look. These people said that they'll give you a loan for five thousand. They'll give you this credit card for five thousand. They said they give you this house for four hundred thousand. They said they yeah. do this for you. They said they do that for you. Then that lets me know. Well, shoot, if all these institutions are willing to take to back you, yeah, then I should back you too. That means you're responsible. You take oh, care of your okay. business. Yeah, I guess that's a very unique in America. I would say because uh -huh. I've never heard about that in any other country. Uh, well, that's how we judge our men. Hmm. Interesting, because I was I was googling you today to show a picture of you to a friend of mine, uh -huh. and and the first thing that came up Tiffany Haddish was like space net worth. 
And what did it say my net worth was? Nothing. I, I didn't click it, but I didn't, I didn't know what it was. And then my friend had to explain it to me. I was like, what a weird thing to put yeah. up on the internet. I'm Why sure it says my net worth is like minus $4,000. And minus $8,000. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to we have to wrap it up as quick as you can because your manager has a lot to do and you got to go... Um, uh, more of your comedy just... If you were different... If you were different... Like, let's say if you were man or white or lesbian or fat or something, would your material be different? And have you ever thought of saying something, just lying and say, by the way, I'm lesbian, just to say a joke? Yes, I've done that a gang of times. I've even lied and said that, um, you know, the man I'm married to is white, just to make the joke work okay. or whatever. But he's not white or he he was not white Yeah. Uh, past tense. But, yeah, I've done all kind of, I say stuff like, oh. You still do? Yeah, sometimes I still do talk about being in jail or whatever. I ain't, I've never been to jail, never oh, okay. been, never been. I've been arrested, but never been put in jail. What have you um, been arrested for? Don't I worry get... about that part. <laughs> I've been arrested, but they didn't take my fingerprints, so whatever. Even, even and, I got my fingerprints, and I've been, I've been arrested and stuff. But they didn't take my fingerprints. They just took me right to the hospital because I was cutting up. But I mean, I wasn't cutting up. It was on some hater shit. But anyway. <laughs> Like, I would make, like, little stuff yeah. like that to make a joke work. But I don't think I've ever said that I'm a lesbian. No? Nah, but I've said, like, I'm fat or whatever. And then they were looking at me like, what? I'm like, yeah, I just lost 290 pounds, you guys. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm so beast. They be like, what? Yeah. Okay. My husband, I just got a divorce or whatever, you know. Oh, okay. So, so you but, would say stuff like that just well, I tell people I'm white all the time. I tell people I'm white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just this one before we wrap it up. Uh, Daniel Tosh had this infamous thing on, on the, at the Laugh Factory where he said to the audience, you can never tell a comedian, you cannot joke about blank. And he said this to provoke an answer. And then someone said, you can't joke about rape. And he said, yes, you can. It would be so much fun if these... This is what I heard. I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. I heard that like he said, yeah, it would be so much fun if these 10 of these black guys came up there and raped you. Mm -hmm. And then he got banned. He can never perform there again. And like one of my friend Bill Dawes, he made like this um, blog like in defense of a rape joke and blah, 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 blah. So the question is, what can't anyone joke about? Do you believe that you can joke about everything? I think you can joke about anything. Anything somebody can cry about, you can write a joke about. Mm -hmm. But it's just about your approach. I really believe it's all about the approach. So it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's about how you say it. That's what you said. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel like I could talk about anything I want to. Yeah. It's just, it's about how I talk about it. And am I having fun with it or am I being mean, vicious, and malicious? Yeah. You know, or is this, is this something fun that we're doing? Have you ever made a rape joke? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I make rape jokes all the time. About yourself as the victim? Yeah, as me raping somebody. A guy? Yes. But that's fun. Is that fun? I so, think that's hilarious. You think that would be fun if I raped you? <laughs> I wouldn't. If I held a gun to your head? I was like, be, if you move one bit, I'm going to shoot you right I'll be like, Don't you Oh, no. <laughs> no, please don't do it again. <laughs> please don't do it. There's but the if I was there. a fat, ugly bitch and I did that to you, you I would scared. run. <laughs> you scared. No, but I mean, I'm a, you're attractive. So, but yeah. otherwise, I'd be like, don't rape me. There's the condoms. Don't yeah, rape yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, to wrap it up, uh, your appearance on Real Husbands of Hollywood. If you don't know what it is, it's a show with Kevin Hart starring it. It's like a parody of... 
yeah. uh, the Real Housewives of Hollywood. Yeah, basically it's a show that makes fun of all these reality shows, mm -hmm. all these housewife reality shows, all these, you know, teen whatever, teen moms, all this. Yeah. It's the fakest, realest reality show ever. <laughs> it's so fake, but it's so real. And we just make fun of everybody. And it's a really great set to work on. Kevin is hilarious. Mm -hmm. We always have a good time. You know? If you haven't seen the, uh, the Real Husbands of Hollywood, uh, make sure you download a couple of, uh, if you're living in Sweden or Norway, or in Scandinavia, download a couple of episodes, watch it so you know what we're talking about, and uh, you're on it quite a lot, right? Yeah, I, I'm a, a guest star on it. I, I pop up uh, all throughout. I play Kevin Hart's nanny, and I like, yeah. and I torture him a little bit. But have you been his real nanny? No, I've never really taken care of his children. Oh, no, okay. no, but I know his kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I know him and his ex-wife and all them. Yeah. I know all of them. Because in the movie, you're related to his ex-wife or something. Yeah, yeah. That's my cousin. But you're not a cousin. No, not no, in okay, real life. Okay. So that's just yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they they named the character after me and they allowed me to be myself. That's what I was going to ask. Show, yeah. yeah. So you were acting as yourself, but you were a little bit cocky on that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I guess, of course, you can. I can be cocky too, but obviously we kind of like each other and whatever. Then you're nice to people, but like you were kind of like, mm -mm. yeah, I was kind of a, a sassy ass. Sassy ass. Yeah. yeah, and that's not me in real life, no. but that's me times ten. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, me times ten. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So to wrap it up, do you have any other projects yes, going on? Yes, I got a bunch of other stuff. Tell going us on. what we were um, plugging any shows. Tell check, us. Yeah, tell check us. me out in this movie called School Dance. Um, Nick Cannon directed it and wrote it, and Cat Williams. Kevin Hart, Mike Epps, basically everybody that's famous and black is in that movie, <laughs> so check it out. Um, it's called School Dance. Also, I'm on another show called If Loving You Is Wrong. It comes on Oprah's Network. It's a Tyler Perry series, and it's actually a drama, and I'm in that, and I do a very good job in it, I might say so myself. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and I'm always like on VH1 and MTV. Beach one three. So, uh, anything is going to plug in next shows? You got any big shows anywhere? Um, my next. Big this is going to be up in about three four days. Oh, in three four on days. ITunes, yeah. Um, but next thing in another city. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be in Arizona. Uh, the day before Thanksgiving. The twenty. The twenty sixth. Okay. And then, uh, or is that the twenty seventh? 26th. It's a Thursday. And then, um, also I'll be. Uh, Where in Arizona? Uh, in it's Scottsdale, Arizona. Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, Scottsdale, Arizona. a special venue? I don't know the name of the venue, man. You're going to have to Google that part. But do you have like a website we can follow your... Uh, no, no, I shut my website down. If you want to find me, you're going to have to go to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. <laughs> yeah, great. And my Facebook is full. You can only join my fan page. Oh. And I'm Tiffany Haddish. And I appreciate you guys. Yeah. And what's your uh, at Twitter or Instagram? Uh, it's Tiffany Haddish. Okay. Tiffany, like the diamonds, had and dish keep the two Ds. T I F F double D. That's what you wish you had. Yeah, I wish I had a double D. T I F F A N Y H A D is in dog. D is in dog. I S H. Boom. She ready. Let's Boom. go. So please check her out. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you live in America, uh, try to Google her and find out where Tiffany Haddish is performing. I, as a comedian and as an audience member, can really, really recommend Tiffany. It's a, it's a. She's a great act, uh, great comedian, great entertainer. So really check Tiffany Haddish out. Yeah, check me out, boo. We've been talking a long time. Yeah. I hope y'all enjoyed this. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I enjoyed it a lot. That sounded so British. Thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. But yes. so thank you very much, Tiffany, for your time. Thanks to your manager, uh, Mr. <laughs> Tony, for you know allowing me to get yeah. here too. So uh, check Tiffany Haddish out. We're out. Amanush. Bye. Amanusha. <laughs> <laughs>